even though this is a baptism service, in the Bible, whenever there's a baptism, it's not on its own. It's always accompanied by the word. What we've got in baptism is a picture. Uh, so the water is not, it's not magical water. It's just Cardiff water. And it's been warmed up, so those getting baptized will be glad to hear. But it's a picture of the cleansing that we have experienced spiritually in the blood of Jesus Christ. But with the picture, there is an explanation, and that's what I'm going to do. And I won't be too long in this sermon. And we're going to look at one of the earliest baptism services. And it wasn't a big gathering like this. It was just two people. The person, Philip, who had preached Jesus Christ, and the person, the Ethiopian, who had come to believe. And it was a very simple service, like this is. Uh, the Ethiopian said to Philip, what stops me from being baptized? And Philip says to him, if you believe in all your hearts that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you may be baptized. And at that instance, they stopped. Uh, they'd already found a pool, and they both went down into the water, and Philip baptized this Ethiopian. And then Philip was taken away from him, we don't know how that happened. And the eunuch was left alone, and yet he wasn't alone, was he? Because now he had found Jesus Christ, and he goes on his way rejoicing. I can imagine him singing in his chariot. That's why we are singing in this service, as well as seeing a baptism and hearing the word, we are singing God's praises. And as each person will be coming out of the water, I know we may want to applaud, but we're not saying well done to them. We're saying well done to what God has done in Jesus Christ. So we'll be singing as each one is coming out of the water as well. So without further ado, let's look at this first baptism and just ask what happened to make this baptism possible? And what has happened to these people to make them want to be baptized. And a former, former, former pastor of this church called Glyn Owen, he once preached on this passage and he called it the great search. The great search. There are three persons here who are seeking. Let's just go through each one and then we'll sing a hymn and we'll go straight to the baptism. The first person who is going after somebody is Philip. Now, he's an interesting chap, this Philip. He was a deacon. Not that long ago, he was made a deacon, and deacons were supposed to look after uh, the widows and uh, the uh, food and the money and all the physical things in the church. But by chapter 8 of Acts, we find that this deacon has been promoted because he's now an evangelist. And what is an evangelist? An evangelist is a person who has an evangel 
What's an evangel? Evangel is good news. And at the start of the chapter that we read from, Philip was in a place called Samaria, which was a very rough place. It had a reputation, like some places in Wales. And Philip was evangelizing in Samaria, telling good news about Jesus Christ, and something wonderful happened. God poured his Spirit, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people came to believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, Philip needed help to baptize all those converts in Samaria. Like happened in Wales. Over 100 years ago in Wales, in 1904, there was what we call a revival. Just as in Samaria, God poured his Spirit as this good news about Jesus Christ was preached. And chapels, we don't think of chapels as being full of people, do we? We think of them as standing empty or being turned into something else. But those chapels were built, and some of them in the middle of nowhere, because thousands of people heard this good news, and they came to believe the spirits had come down. But now, Philip is seeking away from the crowds, one man. Do you think he coped with that? Leaving hundreds of people to go to a desert place to look for one man. God had said to him, there's a man, one person I want you to seek. Why was that? One soul. We are hundreds here this morning. But God is interested in you personally. In me, personally. We're here in body, but we are here also in soul. There's something inside of us. Uh, it's hard to explain. Uh, we are bodies, and our bodies are getting older. Uh, I'm getting older. I've got um, wrinkles now, and I've got these spots called grave spots. That's what one person calls them. So one day, the body will die. But the soul is never going to die. The soul is going to live forever. And the most important thing for us is how are things with our souls. And that's why God sends Philip to seek after this one person, leaving the crowds behind, because God loves people's souls. And Philip, as an evangelist, had good news for this lost soul. There, there was a school teacher. I used to be a teacher. I used to teach geography. And there was a geography teacher a few hundred years ago called William Carey. And he stopped becoming a geography teacher and he became an evangelist because as he was explaining to his kids uh, on the globe, parts of the world that had never heard about Jesus Christ, he broke down because he had a burden for a soul. Do you realize you've got a soul that one day you will have to leave this world behind and stand before God? And man, woman, is appointed, the Bible says, once to die, and after that, the judgment. We've got to stand before our maker. Are we ready? Are we ready to stand before one vast eternity? The Bible tells us our souls are lost. Our souls need to be saved from eternal judgment and saved to eternal life. That's the good news 
that the evangel that Philip was willing to leave the crowd behind and go into a desert place. That's the same gospel that made William Carey leave the comforts of life in this country behind and travel all the way to India, and it wouldn't have been a cruise. He had a concern for souls. As we sang in that hymn, souls of men, souls of women, why will you scatter? Like lost sheep. I know uh, one of the people getting baptised, Lavinia, is from Tregaron. And there are many sheep. There are more sheep than people in Tregaron. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever travelled on the mountain road over Abergwesin, common to Tregaron, one of the greatest journeys in the world, you'll see lots of sheep. That's how the Bible describes us. You know what sheep are like. One sheep thinks that the grass is greener on the other side, and he goes, even if it has to cross a main road to get there. And the other sheep think that that sheep must be very clever, so they all follow him. All we like sheep. The passage that the Ethiopian was reading from in Isaiah was chapter 53, and it says they're all we like sheep have gone astray, everyone turning his own way. I don't know many of you here this morning, but this I know because I know myself. When we're born into this world, we are like lost sheep. So there's Philip going after this one lost sheep because he's got good news to tell him about Jesus Christ coming as the good shepherd. And then there is this Ethiopian. Now, he's an interesting character. He was traveling from Jerusalem. He'd been to Jerusalem to worship God. So this Ethiopian, even though he wasn't saved at this point, he wasn't a Jew, he was a Gentile, he had traveled all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. And in Bible times, Ethiopia was thought of as the edge of the universe. And it would have been a journey of 1,500 miles to go all the way to Jerusalem because he wanted to find God. He wanted his soul to be saved. Would we travel 1,500 miles? It's like going on pilgrimage, isn't it? People in Wales go on pilgrimage to St. David still, don't they, Sam? But that's not going to save your soul. But we've got to take our hats off to this Ethiopian, he was concerned about his soul and he was willing to do anything to be saved. But not only was he an Ethiopian, so he wasn't a Jew. He was an eunuch. What does that mean? Well, to put it bluntly, he was castrated. He had done that in order to have an important position. He was the chancellor in the Queen of Ethiopia's courts. So he was emasculated. And in the Bible times, the temple was out of bounds to eunuchs. That's why I started the service reading some very strange verses about eunuchs being welcomed 
into the new temple. But this poor eunuch, he wasn't even allowed into the courts of the Gentiles in the temple. He was barred. So what I'm trying to say is, this is the most unlikely of all people to be baptized. He's an outsider of the outsiders. And yet, he's saved. I find that amazing. He was willing to go to Jerusalem knowing that he would be barred from the temple because he still wanted to find the God who dwelt in the temple. Thank God he was given a copy of the Old Testament scriptures and he was reading from the book of Isaiah chapter 53. Listen, my friends, the good news is that Jesus Christ will be coming to him but Jesus Christ has come to seek and to save that which was lost. A lost sheep like this eunuch who had really wandered far, far from the fold is not too far from the reach of the good shepherd. I don't know most of you, but if you think you're an outcast this morning, maybe you think... Why am I coming to church? I don't want to come to church. I feel uncomfortable coming to church. Well, I do as well. <laughs> and I'm the pastor. <laughs> but the God whom we worship is a God who invites us to come. We sung a hymn, didn't we? Just as I am. Just as I am. You don't have to use these words, but you can put your own words in. Ethiopian, Gentile, eunuch, sinner. I am too different. That's what made this eunuch stand out. He didn't belong. He was different. Yet the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for one nationality. We've got people of different nationalities getting baptized here this morning, somebody from Iran, somebody from India, as well as people from Wales. Th this gospel is for everybody. And it doesn't matter how far out we think we are. God says, come in. Jesus Christ, when he hung on the cross, he had his arms nailed. But in another sense, his arms are open wide. There's a wideness in God's mercy. Yes, God has to punish sin, but God is still so great in his love. Far greater than depths of self-despair. So if there's something saying to you, I'm not the kind of person to become a Christian. I'm saying with the authority of God, yes, you are. I was uh, converted in university in Aberystwyth too long, too long to mention the years. And we stayed in a hall of residence, a Welsh hall of residence. And we once uh, saw, as we were walking, we all walked to church as students and we were suited and booted. And we saw the, uh, the man who was responsible for looking after the hall. And we invited him to come with us to church. And I'll never forget what he said to us. He must have seen us dress smart. And he said, church isn't for somebody like me. I'm not good enough for church. None of us are. 
none of us are. We are all lost. And church is for you if you're lost. Because the evangel, the good news, is about God sending Jesus Christ to come after lost sheep. There's a whiteness in God's mercy like the whiteness of the sea. There is a kindness in his justice which is more than liberty. There is welcome for the sinner and more grace for the good. There is mercy with the Savior. There is healing in his blood. And the man who wrote those words, Frederick Faber, had his struggles. He was an outcast in the 19th century. If the Ethiopian had read a little further in Isaiah, he would have come to the verses we started our meeting this morning with. What a wonderful promise. God says, neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord unto the eunuchs, unto you, if you're an outcast here this morning, unto all of us as lost sinners, what does the Lord say? Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. This eunuch wasn't allowed to enter even the precincts of the old temple, but God in Jesus Christ has a new temple and we are all welcome. Uh, when the eunuch eventually believes, we'll come to that in a minute, and he asks Philip, what stops me from being baptized? The word for stop is hinder, hinder. And Philip says, there's no barrier. There's no barrier. Listen, my friend, there is no barrier to stop you from coming to God. Jesus Christ has removed that barrier. Just as I am, thy love unknown hath broken every barrier down. So there is Philip searching for this eunuch. There is eunuch searching for God. And then, this is the most important person. There is God himself who is searching for this eunuch. And he's using Philip. And they come together. It's not a chance encounter that Philip meets this eunuch in the desert. It's a divine appointment. And the eunuch is reading Isaiah, and he sees Philip, and he asks Philip, can you explain what I'm reading about? And the, these words are the most amazing words in the New Testament. And Philip, beginning at that scripture, preached Jesus. That's all I'm doing here <laughs> this morning. The good news is one word, Jesus. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned his own way. But God has a rescue plan. And the rescue plan of God is to send Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. Who is that? Uh, Jesus Christ is God. What is the temple? The old temple was a building. It was a building where God dwelt in. And Jesus Christ is not a building, but he's a person. And in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So Jesus Christ is God and man. 
He came into this world 2,000 years ago. You see, Jesus is what Philip is excited about. Imagine Philip could have talked to this eunuch about the revival in Samaria, couldn't he? Philip, uh, if he was an American, could have come to this Ethiopian with Philip Ministries. But he didn't. He just preached Jesus to him. You can't get any simpler than that. And what is the passage in Isaiah about? It's not about the life of Jesus, but the death. Because Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, came after the lost sheep. How did he save us? He saved us by laying down his life for us. And he did that by dying on the cross. What did Jesus do on the cross? Listen to Isaiah again. All I'm doing, I'm not giving you anything new this morning. I'm not giving you any original thoughts into the word of God. I'm just repeating what the Bible says. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned his own way. How can I be saved? How can I, who am lost, be brought back to God? This is the answer, the death of Jesus, because the Lord laid on him as he died on the cross the iniquity of us all. What's the gospel? I love the way a Caribbean woman whose first language wasn't English summed up the gospel. So her English was worse than mine. My first language is Welsh, right? So I struggle with English sometimes. And this woman said, he die, me no more die. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good, that we might go at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood. If that hymn had been written at the time, the eunuch would have been singing it, wouldn't he? (laughs) You are welcome as an outcast, as a sinner, as a lost sheep to come to God and have every sin forgiven, past, present, future, because it's all put on Jesus Christ. Sometimes people are put off Christianity because they think that churches are places where people are just denounced. Uh, you know, I, I'm on your side if you feel like that. Uh, we Christians sometimes don't help Uh, the image, do we? We just tat-tat the lost world around us. Jesus Christ wasn't like that. When Jesus Christ was on earth, he was the friend of tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus Christ says, come to me. Come. Come as you are. Come as a sinner. Don't wait to make yourself better. Come, turn away from your sin, yes. Hate your sin, yes. But come to me and believe in me. What stops me from being baptized? Asks the eunuch. Philip says, if you believe with all your hearts, it's not easy believism. It's not just agreeing that Jesus came and died for us. It's believing into Jesus Christ. It's trusting in him. It's basically casting ourselves on him. It says, in effect, uh, unless Jesus lived and died for me, it's all over. That's my only hope. 
Philip didn't say to the eunuch when he wanted to be baptized, hang on, hang on. I had a bad experience baptizing somebody in Samaria called Simon Magus. Have you heard of him? I thought he was real, but it turned out that he wasn't, and I baptized him, and I made a mistake. So Philip could have said, hang on, hang on, mister. Let's wait a bit to see if you're genuine. He didn't do that, did he? He baptized him straight away. And he goes on his way rejoicing, and Philip is taken away. Well, I've got to come to a conclusion, because I'm sure we want to see uh, the baptisms, to see the power of God at work in the lives, not just of an eunuch, but of people in our midst. But I can't leave this passage without once again extending the invitation. Come, just as you are. Jesus Christ has broken down every barrier. And come and believe in him, and you'll have a song to sing then. Do, do you know what's amazing here? I'm thinking now of the eunuch in his chariots rejoicing. Uh, he didn't care if people heard him singing. He had a song to sing. He went back to Ethiopia, and do you know what happened? As a result of his witness, Africa produced some of the greatest Christians in the early church. Have you heard of Augustine? He was an African. So from one chance encounter in the deserts, from the most unlikely of people, an eunuch, the gospel leaped in bounds over the continent of Africa. Well, praise God for good news, good news for lost souls. And Philip, I've got to finish here because Philip didn't get to finish his sermon. Did he? He didn't get to finish. Because he was interrupted by the eunuch saying, hang on, Philip, I want to be baptized. Well, wouldn't it be wonderful if preachers today didn't get to finish their sermons because people would be interrupting and asking them, what must I do to be saved? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had to... Stop people from getting be baptized because so many people wanted to. Well, we wouldn't stop, would we? Well, God can do the impossible. It's a simple service because it's a simple gospel. And it's Jesus Christ. Uh, may we believe in him as those getting baptized have done with all our hearts. And having believed, may we go on our way rejoicing in him for his name's sake let's sing together now and can it be that i should gain an interest that i think of the ethiopian that i of all people should gain an interest in the savior's blood died he for me who caused his pain for me to him to death pursuit amazing love it's true how can it be that thou my god shouldst die for me. It's number 524. 
Father, we praise Thee that it's mercy all, immense and free, that we don't do anything, that Jesus Christ has done 100% everything for our salvation, that there is no more barrier, that we, even we sinful uh, outcasts, can be forgiven and have a place in heaven. May every one of us here, Father, not just those getting baptized, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved for his name's sake. Amen.